Hey there, thank you for listening to Watchtower Podcast at the Watchtower Media Network. For pop culture with a view, head to WTCHTWR.com and follow on all the socials at Watchtower underscore media. While you're there, why not check out some of our latest pieces, including a retrospective piece I did on the 45th anniversary of Taxi Driver, or Megan Scott's excellent deep dive into the state of women's football in France, or maybe the first in our series, Mahir's Meme of the Month. Hint, feel the burn. For all of that and plenty more, check out The Watchtower. And now, Say Less, episode one, coming up next. Okay, Say Less, episode one. Uh, I feel like we should give a quick kind of introduction to the show, uh, seeing as this is the debut episode between myself and Mihir. So given that we continue to be in, you know, COVID times and are consuming all sorts of media left, right and centre, you know, cheeky plug for the Watchtower itself, uh, we figured that it would be a good idea for us to recommend each other three new pieces of content each week to keep things fresh and exciting as we head towards what is going to be 12 whole months of lockdown uh, in about a month's time. So we figured we'd give each other something to watch, something to listen to, and a wild card, which can be anything we really want the other person to see or hear or read. Then the week after, we'll report back to each other with what we thought, including any questions, comments, and complaints, and a new set of recommendations to help us get through another week in media and another week in lockdown. And why is it called Say Less? Well, if you've ever had someone recommend something to you and you ask them to tell you more, Say Less is for the things that need no further introduction. And if that sounds good, of course it does. So let's get to it. Something to watch, something to listen to, and a wild card. So my pick for something to watch is given that today is Valentine's Day, I'm going with To All The Boys I've Loved Before Part 3, which... Uh, was released on Netflix on Friday. I'm slightly worried about it in the sense that To All The Boys 1 was really good. To All The Boys 2 was not so good. Like a lot of the jokes didn't quite land and the plot is kind of getting caught in its own tail. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to watch To All The Boys 3. I had the same problem with Pitch Perfect where Pitch Perfect 2 was so bad I didn't watch Pitch Perfect 3. And so I've got a bit more hope with To All The Boys 3 given that, you know, it's Valentine's and just generally to all the boys, one was so much better than I thought it would be. I haven't seen either of the movies, all the boy or to all the boys, one or two, although I have seen ads for it on Netflix. You've said that the second movie didn't meet your expectations. The first did. What is it that's exciting you about the third? Is there something you've seen or read? I think it's the idea that it's going to wrap up the series and I know that it has the potential to be really good. The characters work well. From what I know, they haven't introduced... Because part of the problem that part two had was that they introduced the one of the exes. I forgot his name. I think his name is Jordan. And it just doesn't work as well. And like I say, some of the, the script isn't quite as good. The jokes don't quite land. But there is hope for part three. Because To All The Boys 1 was way better than I thought it would be. So uh, we've got this kind of teen romance movie i'm guessing right yeah 
yeah, classic okay. teen romance. Classic teen romance. So, would you? What would you say is the plot? Like the 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 problem, the 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 enemy, whatever it is. Because you know, in action movies, we've got the clear bad guy. But with romance movies, what ends up happening a lot of the times is the character themselves end up being the bad guys in the decisions they make. I don't think it's necessarily that the, they're becoming bad guys because the key to the series is Lara Jean, played by Lana Condor who kind of discovers who she is as a woman as she's growing up and is trying to navigate her first relationship with Noah Centineo's character, who I really should know the name of. But the difficulty that part two had was it's trying a bit too hard to be too many things all at the same time, which is also what worries me about part three. Part one was really good because it made Lara Jean the core of the story but not to the point where you diminish the other characters like Noah Centineo's character. I th- I'm worried about it part three for that reason, but I also think they're aware of who they have in the cast for it to be good enough. There's one thing that interested me about the movie and the premise is that the main character is, surprise, surprise, not a white woman. Um, and obviously, I, I I would like to hear what you think. You know, does it make her more relatable? Does it change? The, you know, kind of the way you approach these movies. Um, is it create new dynamics? You know, do you think it has a positive impact on the on the story on the premise? I don't think it has any kind of impact really until there's a part in part two, right towards the start, where they're in kind of Asian um, attire and whatnot. I really don't think that makes a difference, which is to its benefit. I think you don't really recognize Lara Jean as uh, being half, I think she's half Vietnamese in the story. Mm. And I don't really think that has an impact either way on the story itself, which is a good thing. Yeah, Um, I I would agree with you. Yeah, which is probably born out of the fact that her surviving parent is her father, who's the Caucasian-American so wrap things up. Give me one one sentence to those who haven't seen it or may not have heard about it. Just one sentence to convince them to watch it. Come for Noah Centineo. Stay for Lana Condor. Say less. That, yeah. <laughs> Noah Centineo, frankly, is say less in a nutshell, but here we are. That's fair enough. Okay. <laughs> what's, right. your, uh, what's your pick for something for me to watch? Okay. So I didn't go with a... I mean, I also went with a movie. It's not a TV show. Um, and it did come out very recently. It's been in the works for a while, but because of COVID, it kept getting pushed back. It's this new movie that's come out on Netflix, and it's been hyped up for quite a while, especially in the the Eastern community, because it is, it is a Korean film. It's called Space Sweepers. Have you heard of it? Never heard of it. All right. Okay. So, you know, Korean Korean kind of dramas and Korean TV shows have been kind of exploding in the West as well over the past few years. And I think it's it's just because of the the way the characters are made, the acting, and the fact that the Korean Korean kind of directors are not afraid to make the actors human. You know, there's no inherent kind of uh, protection for the for the main characters. There's no limits that the bad guy won't cross. Things like that make it attractive to watch. So the the thing about space sweepers, and I think a lot of it's uh, one of its biggest um, kind of the things that pulls you in is the fact that uh, it, it goes on this premise of, you know, being set in the future, you know, the Earth's, Earth's in the catastrophe. It kind of relates to what's happening right now in the world as well. 
the earth's not habitable you know there's too much trash and the thing that makes it exciting and sets it apart from from other films like that you know which are set in the future after a disaster or after a virus wipes out humanity is the fact that the characters we're focused on are not not famous they're not important in any way they're just kind of normal people who are living their life and their job is to collect space trash it's it sounds menial but the way the movie presents it to you is this this very high adrenaline chase scene of their ship trying to catch space debris which for those of you who don't know travels at five times the speed of of bullet so if it catches your ship it just rips you apart so it's kind of this this thrill of them trying to do their job in a world that's completely changed from what we know about it and it's the characters themselves that are going to make you fall in love with with the, with this film they're extremely likable but they all have you know inherent very human flaws and in very interesting well-made backstories great cinematography great graphics great v- vfx uh, amazing music as well and it's always introducing these kinds of little things that you pick up on as you as you watch the movie kind of little tiny details and you see the director's love in, in, in what he's created. Do you think it sounds to me like it's quite a complete film in terms of it has a lot going for it with the VFX, the casting, the writing. Do you think that that's a really important way to approach it, knowing that it's got a lot going for it and there's a lot you have to pay attention to? I think one of the, so I will agree with you that one of the challenges is the film does present a lot of things to you and uh, it does slowly try and wean you into this kind of the, the, the futuristic setting. And sometimes it can be overwhelming because uh, unlike other films, Korean films, they just come with the actors and the film in Korean. And then you've got the subtitles in English that you have to read. So you're kind of already focused between having to, to translate and also paying attention to what's in the screen. And a lot of people don't like that. What this film does that's I haven't seen any anything or any film, any show, anyone do this before, is that it, it involves all the different languages in the, in the future, you know, things like Chinese, Dutch, English, Korean, and all the characters in the film, the main ones are Korean, but the others don't speak Korean. And it kind of implements this live translator device that's in the film. And it translates the language that other people are speaking for you as you're watching the movie. And that's something that I found really interesting but at the same time the challenge is being able to pay attention to all of those nuances it was kind of amazing how the how the director was able to bring all those languages together but not make it sound like no one knew what was what the other person was talking about so it sounds to me like there's quite a lot of universal themes in the the movie itself yeah you've got you know you've got a bit of love you've got tragedy um you've got family Family is probably one of the biggest themes of this movie. And, and you know, this, this love for, for the people you care about, your, you know, your father or your child, your mother. Uh, and it's not just people you're related to by blood. You know, family, family can be more than that. One of the main characters in the film is, 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 a, is a robot. It's not a human being. But the way the film presents him, you know, they, they show that even this, this robot, it's a machine. He has dreams. Um, you know, there's things he wants to do. There's reasons that he's working. You know, they're all trying to scavenge for money. And, you know, you find out what all the characters want to do with the money. And it's all kind of relating back to this idea of family. When you start watching the film, the main characters don't care for each other. They're not even, you know, they're, they're very antagonistic towards each other, very kind of blasé. But as the film goes on, you start to see that this is kind of like the family that we envision. It's just not 
the families that we usually see in films, you know, which are either really broken or really together. This is kind of like a very normal four people family and they all kind of sometimes don't get along, sometimes get along, there's power dynamics. But it's the whole point of making you understand why these characters are important, you know, what what they want, uh, why they have these differences. It's just, it's it's beautiful the way that the director is able to make those things come together. Okay, so Space Sweepers on Netflix too. So those are our picks for something to watch over the week. So let's get into things to listen to. My choice is actually kind of an old version of something. It is the re-record and re-release of Love Story by Taylor Swift that she released (laughs) alongside... Well, essentially, for those who might not necessarily know the story, Taylor Swift recently reacquired the rights to all of her old masters of her recordings from when she was with Scooter Braun, her former manager, after their pretty epic fallout regarding Taylor Swift's ownership of her own songs. Love Story is the first, and she re-released a new version. Not really a new version in terms of it's clearly, it's obviously the exact same song. It's just the vocals are slightly sharper, and the instrumentation's a bit more in tune with newer Taylor Swift. And that's what I think is really interesting when you listen to Love Story that's on the album Fearless and the new version, is you can hear how Taylor Swift has managed to mature her sound through the last 10, 12 years. The new version, it's a lot clearer. And especially in her voice, her voice is a lot more secure. And you can really tell in the re-recording. I don't think anyone who's listening to this would be someone who hasn't heard of Taylor Swift before. I, although I'm not, you know, the biggest fan of of pop or country music, I'm aware that Taylor Swift has been an absolute machine in the past few years. She's released, what, three three albums, full albums, uh, including during COVID. You know, it's kind of amazing how she's able to to do all of that. I have heard the original love story. Obviously, like I said, I'm not the biggest fan but when you say she's matured her vocals, do you mean in terms of tone? Do you mean in terms of sound? Like I say, just the concept that she's more secure in how she's singing it, which you get in a lot of debut pieces by artists, especially when they have such long careers as Taylor Swift has. You can tell how kind of shy they are in their original recordings as opposed to when they do newer recordings. And it's a really interesting idea that she went to go back and re-record one of her big first hit singles, but as 2021 Taylor Swift. You can really tell the difference when you listen back to back that this is the Taylor Swift that's been through the 2021 version, been through so much and come so far as a musician. It's really quite noticeable when you listen to them both. So you would recommend for for those listening to this podcast that they should listen to the original and then listen to the new one that she's just re-recorded. I would do what I did is listen to the re-record, then the original, and then the re-record again. It might mess up your like, you know, Spotify streaming stats or whatever. <laughs> but you, especially if you're not a Taylor Swift fan, but yeah. I would listen to the new version, the original, and then the new version again so you can really pick out the differences. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Actually, I might I might go and do that because you do it does interest me when you've said that she has matured her voice a little bit and that intrigues me because I've always found that Taylor Swift music, her music and her kind of lyrics and style was always 
very I, I don't know what the word for it is but it's kind of like happy go lucky if you if you get me there were there were some songs where it's you know it's very real down to earth you know great feelings but a lot of the times i've always felt you know it's just kind of classic country classic pop you know singing about good stuff happy things this is yeah that's the thing that gets me about the re-record is that like i say it's love story her big first hit single but it's megastar taylor swift singing it and not the country girl who is performing in our parks and shopping centers in america okay say less sounds good <laughs> i'll definitely check that out okay so we'll go to the with my music recommendation we'll go to the the other side of it uh of in terms of genres so you know you've pitched kind of country pop um and i'm going to pitch to you metal but and i know what you're already thinking oh, but here there's like you know maybe five percent of the people who like listening to that kind of music um but this isn't the metal that you're familiar with uh when you go into kind of the the, the circles that these people hang out with this band is revered you know it's, it's worshipped uh and it's called ghost i don't know if you've heard of it um no i don't think i have it's a it's a swedish um rock band or you know also metal and no surprises there, of course, the Scandinavians coming out with more metal bands, just churning them out day in, day out. Um, but, you know, some of, what what really gets you about this band is that their music is not what you'd expect. You know, the, the kind of fierce vocals and the, and the shouting, that, that's not what they are. Their vocals will almost, you can compare them to opera. It's not quite the, you know, the high pitch and long held notes, but the way that the lead singer sings is kind of very performance-ish. You know, he wants to he wants to kind of get up there and put on a show rather than, you know, scream into the mic and then kind of invoke feelings that way. Some of the interesting things about this band and the reason they're revered is up until a few years ago, no one knew who any of the members of the band were. Whenever mm -hmm. they perform, um, they wear, you know, they put on their their attire, you know, they're dressed like ghouls. Uh -huh. And the lead, the lead singer um, used to be dressed as a as a leader of a satanic church, but that, you know, he's left now. And the new one dresses almost like, you know, if you've seen Phantom of the Opera, you know, the, the guy with the mask, exactly very similar kind of driving styles from that kind of um, that inspiration. And the thing is, there's been many cases where you've got some very famous musicians fill in for these ghouls, but no one's known. And I know that you're a fan of Dave Grohl. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you know, but in one of Ghost's, live performances he played but no one knew no way no one knew that he was the person behind the 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 gown so you you have no idea who these people are and that kind of adds the mystery because the, the music they sing about is is very um it's a bit i don't want to use the word religious but it's got those those tones uh those undertones of of religion in there but it's it's not it's pertaining to christianity but you know the opposite side of it and their music is really unique in, in almost any genre of music, uh, especially metal, because, you know, you have you don't have the very classic heavy guitar, heavy drums, heavy vocals. It's, you know, it's far more than that. It, it's refined. So, you know, they've they're kind of working on their next album right now, which is due to come out soon, probably pushed back because of um, of Corona and whatnot. But if you go to their their Spotify or, you know, just catch them on YouTube or anywhere, you just listen to some of their popular songs you'll instantly know what i'm talking about because their music doesn't sound like what you'd expect from a, um, a metal band so it's a really operatic scandinavian style 
version of metal that's still metal it is still metal yeah um you know they've got they they operate under many genres you know some people might just call them hard rock uh some people you know they just put them under the 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 branch of metal because you know metal branches into many other different genres Mm. um some might call it psychedelic rock which you know is kind of more accurate than just calling them hard rock because that's not true hard rock is very different than what you'd expect when you listen to this band and another thing that's really interesting is i I, if i'm not mistaken they were the first metal band to win a grammy for their song cerise which i definitely suggest you check out watch the video because it's insanely good but you know it surprises me that you know of all the all the metal bands that exist you know grammys are not something that they usually compete in that's not their style but somehow this band was able to manage to win one. Okay, so we got a Grammy-nominated, a Grammy-nominated Scandinavian metal band who may or may not have Dave Grohl, so so <laughs> much less. <laughs> okay, those are our listen picks, and we move into the wildcard section of Say Less Episode 1, which can be anything, really. We want to see, we want to hear, we want to read, we want to share. So my pick for the wildcard section, I had a long and difficult think about this and it could only be one it has to be the jackie weaver hand forth talk about opera we've we've had korean space opera scandinavian rock opera (laughs) do whatever you can take time out of your day to watch the 18 minute version of the hand forth parish council debacle on youtube with one of the greatest thumbnails i've ever seen you get completely hooked that's why say less is a good concept there's nothing more i can add apart from just watch that 18 minutes and you'll Mm. understand why it got i think four million hits on youtube within 24 hours it is prime zoom content that we're all used to we've all seen a million we've seen the cat meme (laughs) the guy saying i'm not a cat the hanforth parish council fiasco is the single it's as good as zoom ever gets See, because I haven't seen it and I don't know what any of those words mean. <laughs> um, so just to just to clarify, is it kind of like a, a, a group of people who are on a Zoom call? Is that yeah, what so it- it's so a parish council meeting is just it's always some old guys. It's never anyone below 50. And they just talk about things that are going on in their town, making sure that planning permissions and really dull things to do with how the town is run and what you can and can't do. But the total fiasco that is the December meeting of the Hanforth Parish Council, it flies in the face of every preconception you have of these horrifically dull meetings. But otherwise, there's a full hour 20 version. You might want to watch. I don't know. Feel free. Just watch the 18-minute <laughs> version. That's all you need. Even watch the six-minute version for the real highlights. But the 18-minute version... It's as good an episode of anything that you're going to find on, you know, Netflix, Amazon mm. Prime, whatever. No, that's fair because um, like me, I'm pretty sure a lot of people would have had a lot of time spent on Zoom over the past few months. It always interests me. And I, I do watch a lot of videos where, you know, kind of students prank the teachers and then things on Zoom meetings go wrong. So I think it's good that you haven't spoiled anything and just kind of said, go out, watch it, see what happens. Uh, and that you'll have a good time. I really don't think there's anything more to say, do you? There is nothing more you can say. It's the most drama-filled 18 minutes we've had all lockdown. Yeah, just don't want it. It's unbelievable. 
There's one thing I know is that people love drama. So <laughs> uh, say less, we will check it out. Okay, yeah, perfect. And um, for my wildcard, now see, this was a bit bit of a tough one. You know, things that you'd normally recommend in wildcards, you know, go out and see this, go out and do that. Uh, we can't because we cannot leave the house. So um, for my wildcard, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of run it back a bit, give you a bit of an oldie, but I'm pretty sure you must have heard of it. Uh, it recently came to Netflix, but I will recommend that everyone must and absolutely must go and watch Parks and Recreation. Oh, what kind of... Easy. Say so much less. Say so much less. So you're you've so, so I'm guessing you've seen all of it already. I've seen. Okay, I'll be honest. I've seen bits and pieces. I don't think <laughs> I've ever watched it the whole way through, but I've I've watched enough. My brother Alan, who I'm sure is uh, definitely listening, watched it the whole way through. Uh, yeah. I think last summer or autumn, while it was still on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I mean, obviously, for those you 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 know, if you can definitely go and watch all of it and for those listening who haven't you know it's time to sell it a little bit for you guys why don't we just start with the with the cast you know we've got we've got a cast that that's you know unparalleled it's, it's amazing people you know we've got amy poehler we've got rashida jones aziz ansari who actually had his own netflix show called master of none uh, which i'd also recommend to go and check nick offerman the absolute legend a lot of memes spawned from this show uh ron swanson the manliest of man uh aubrey plaza who i think genuinely everyone just adores just a lovely woman all in all around everyone's got a lot of stock in uh, (laughs) aubrey plaza we did aubrey plaza stock never goes down it's like gamestop (laughs) hold guys and don't let go (laughs) um and we must also also mention chris Pratt. Um, because a lot of us know Chris Pratt, um, especially the younger audience, will know him from Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, and after kind of his transformation into this macho man with muscles and abs. But the Chris Pratt in Parks and Rec is before all of this, you know, when he was kind of a bit you, chubbier. You still get fat Chris Pratt. Yeah, you fat Chris Pratt with his blasé humor and, and kind of, you know, just comedy, pure comedy. Everything he does on this show is pure comedy. And you know what's interesting is a lot of the a lot of the funny scenes in this show were not scripted. You know, they're just kind of the 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 people, the cast being themselves. The premise is is very you know it doesn't demand anything from you. You don't need to follow the story that closely. If you want to watch random episodes from random seasons, you can. Uh, and I promise you, every every second you spend on this show, you will have a good time. Where does it rank in terms of the Michael Schur? NBC sitcoms. Ah, uh, that's tough. Michael Schur is such a genius when it comes to these things. See, I'm a I'm a sucker for um, the Good Place, which I think he he yeah, also. Good directed. Place is good, but the Good Place is is new. You know, it's got a more interesting pro- uh, premise. It's got some character development. It's got you know things in the story that you do have to pay attention to. The advantage of Parks and Rec is that it's very it's very chill. That's the best word I can use for it. You don't need to put that much effort into following the plot you know the characters do develop but it happens right in front of your eyes and it's and it's subtle enough for you to notice it uh and it's a tough one but i i think parks and rec would go very high on that list if not the highest prime binge material especially while we're in lockdown and you just let's be honest you're just trying to look for stuff to fill the hours really yeah yeah and if you're a fan of shows like the office this will be right up your alley all righty so Say less episode one. My recommendations to Mihir were to all the boys free, 
the new version of Love Story by Taylor Swift and the iconic and fourth <laughs> parish council meeting on December 2020. And uh, concluding episode one of Say Less, my recommendations to Aaron and to the ones uh, to everyone listening. Uh, movie, Space Sweepers, please, please, please go watch it. Two hours, you will not regret it. Uh, music, check out the band Ghost. Make sure you type in Ghost Band, otherwise you will get some strange results. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and third, Parks and Recreation, amazing TV show, same creator as Brooklyn Nine-Nine, good place. Definitely check it out. It's on Netflix, just came on a few days ago. Uh, just binge it. All right, we will be back next week with our reports and a new set of recommendations for each other on Say Less on the Watchtower Media Network. Thank you.